Well, it is coming on. Week one in college football is in the books. Not completely, actually. We've got Sunday action. We've got Northwestern Rutgers. We've got uh, Florida A&M, Jackson State, Oregon State, San Jose State. Um, and, of course, the big game Sunday night, Florida State, LSU, and Orlando. And then Monday night, we've got Clemson and Duke. So, yeah, we got a few games left in the Labor Day weekend, week one in college football. But the Saturday action is in the books. And while we are not through all the tape, obviously, we monitor all the games, uh, watch as many as we can, take copious notes. Got a lot of film to go through. Take some time to do the work properly as we do it, break it down for you. So we've got a lot more to get into. However, some observations. Uh, we're going to give you some observations on what we saw and what what is going um, potentially what it means. Um, but I want to say this at the top. Don't overreact to the first games of your team or any team that you follow, positive or negative. It's a long season, and one game doesn't give the indication of what it's going to be the rest of the year. So with that said, we're going to break down observations week one in college football. That is the topic on today's Landry Football Podcast on the Landry Football Podcast Network. Okay, You want detailed film room analysis of what happened. You want the previews of the games before they happen. You want the breakdowns of why things happen. That's what LandryFootball.com is for. That's what we're here for. We break the game down for you from a player, coaching, scouting, and front office perspective. Who can say that they've done all of that? We provide all that for you. We got it for you at LandryFootball.com, which is why you want to become a member. Folks, it's less than $10 a month if you try it out for a month. Get it for six months, get the entire season. It's cheaper than that. The best deal that we have is the 12-month deal. It'll get you through the season. It'll take you through the scouting season, as we like to call it. That is recruiting. That's transfer portal. That's free agency. That's the draft because, oh, we've got college football. We've got NFL. If it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes on the college or NFL level, we've got you covered at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of the football season sale today. If you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. Subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network for free on Apple or Spotify. That way you don't miss any of our content. So we can't get into the great details, but we're going to give you some overview of what happened <clears throat> this week. Um, and again, don't overreact. But I'm going to point out some things, and I'm not going to you say, well, well, you're overreacting. No, no, no. Not gonna, I'm going to react to what happened. I'm going to react to what I see in the potential problems as it relates to week one. There are reasons why you can overcome that and fix that. But then there are also indications sometimes it may not be fixable. We're not going to know the answer to that until week two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. It's a long season. Remember this if you remember nothing else I say. You never stay the same as a player, as a team, as coaches, your scheme, 
you never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. So with that said, let's kind of get into some things. And I kind of go kind of chronologically as the games took place. I'm going to go back to Thursday night because we hadn't had a chance to break it down. Florida against Utah. It's concerning for Florida in this regard. First of all, Utah, fantastic job. They are a team that gets better and better as the year goes along. Watch out for them. They're going to be, as they typically are in the Pac-12, physical, tough. Still made plays offensively, ran the football well. We'll we'll do that and get better as the season goes along in the very competitive, top-to-bottom Pac-12. They're going to be very good. Florida, though, concerning that they made so many mistakes, pre-snap mistakes, procedural mistakes. It's year two. There's a lot of guys that are new to the system. That's a, that's a real thing. Okay, it's it's real. Season's not over. Doesn't mean that that's you know it's 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 it. It's it's done. Forget it. But but there's some real concerns. There's a ways to go if you're Florida. You got McNeese next week to clean it up. Then you got Tennessee. Then you got Charlotte, Kentucky. In other words, you've got to clean up an awful lot if you're Florida or else this is going to be very difficult again. And, you know, I do believe that when you look at McNeese, Charlotte, Vanderbilt, the only games that to me are cinch wins. Now, I think they can win two or three more games. But that means they have to beat. So if I if they win those three games, they've got to come up with three more wins. And the candidates are Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, Florida State. Florida State's going to be tough. Missouri's winnable. South Carolina's winnable. Kentucky's winnable. Okay, so now you're dealing with Tennessee's, to me, not. Beating Kentucky, beating South Carolina, beating Missouri are all possible. That could go either way. You're going to need to win all three of those, as well as the three gimme wins to get to six. Or you're going to have to beat a Tennessee. Or beat a Georgia, which is not going to happen. Beat an Arkansas. Beat an, beat an LSU. I, I just I don't really see it. So I think five wins, six wins, and maybe competitive enough in some of those other games are going to be enough to get Billy Napier more time, which they're right now committed to give him. But if there's a three-win season, folks, and it doesn't look like they're even competitive against those teams that I think are potentially winnable, then you got a problem. You got a real problem. Now I don't think that's going to be the case. But it's year two, and they are recruiting well, and they're positive signs towards the future. But there better be some positive signs during the course of this season. Nebraska's got to win a close game. Love the way Matt. 
rules defense played against Minnesota outplayed the Gophers. But they've got to find a win to win close games. Look, that's Matt's first game. But that seems like the same thing that happened under Scott Frost. They're close enough to be competitive and win. Now, it's one game. Let's see going forward where it goes from here. There'll be plenty of opportunities. How much better will it be? I, you know, really, really good questions that we're, ne- we're going to need to see where things go for the Huskers. Um, at Colorado, more on them in a second. That's certainly far from a gimme. Northern Illinois, which again is not a gimme, but you got to win. Louisiana Tech. Then you got Michigan, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. You see where I'm going with it. Look, Matt's going to have time, but boy, they need a win. They need a good close win because right now a lot of that is the buy-in. Louisville's comeback over Georgia Tech was impressive. That's a good-looking roster that's been overhauled. That's a team that may win more games in the ACC than you might think. Georgia Tech, see some positives there, but ways to go. Now get into the Saturday action. The story of the day, no doubt, Colorado and Dion. Folks, we told you about it. Um, Travis Hunter is phenomenal. Dion's boy, Shadur Sanders, a quarterback's outstanding. Um, they've got three players on that roster on that that can play with play on anybody's squad. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, they could play anywhere. They are not deep enough and they're certainly not good enough at the line of scrimmage. But they faced a TCU team that much like last year could not play defense to save their life and had to outscore people. And they lived somewhat of a charm life last year. And by the way, this is nowhere close to the same TCU team as last year. But Colorado couldn't stop them. TCU couldn't stop Colorado. There's no question that's a huge win for Colorado because it it's a buy-in for that program. They do have playmakers. They play with confidence. They play with a swagger because that is what their head coach is all about. You are reflective of what your head coach is. Arrogance, yes. Phenomenal. It is the story of the weekend, no doubt. But let me just say this, too. Again, what did I say at the beginning? Don't overact to first games. Dion is sitting on a pedestal now. And he does what he does best, talk a good game. He's got a good staff. And I think he's doing a good job as a mover and shaker in recruiting. All of us that work in football have our humbling moments. He's going to get humbled this year. And I'm curious to see how he handles that. And I suspect he'll handle it well. But he's not going to be, you know, already people are going to overreact. 
the same people that thought, oh, this guy's not going to win three games this year, which was stupid. I heard somebody was quoted as saying he had like the one of the worst rosters in college football. Are you kidding me? How dumb, I mean, dumb as somebody, I think it was that uh, Luganville kid. What, what a moron. Anybody that knows anything about college football that's followed this Colorado team has got a lot of talent. Now, where do they go from here? It's going to be interesting in the length of a season. I don't like them, for example, up against a physical Oregon team. But I believe they could line up against USC, who also can't play defense, and do something similar to what they did against TCU. I think USC will probably win the game. But in shootout games, that's what Colorado's going to do. And going forward, look, we'll see what Dion can continue to do in recruiting. I'm very confident that he'll do a good job there. The interesting thing is going to be how long he's going to be at Colorado because you know Dion is going to move very quickly. If he has the type of success in a couple of years, he is going to move up quickly. Tennessee may or may not be as good as last year. Joe Milton holds all the cards. I thought he did a good job. I don't think he's going to be as consistent as Hendon Hooker. And they lose some key pieces. But I thought they ran the football very well. And that's the staple of Tennessee's offense, by the way, is the running game. Tennessee's going to be good again. How good, I don't know. Um, Obviously, they're going to start out in my view five and up before the open day. They're going to beat Austin P. Then Florida I don't, in, in Gainesville is not going to have much of a chance. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you never know. But Texas San Antonio will be a challenge in Knoxville stopping them. But but they'll beat them and they'll beat South Carolina in Knoxville. They'll get that revenge. Then they got the bye week. Then they got AM in Knoxville, which I think they'll again win that. But not going to be easy. Then Alabama beat Kentucky. They'll beat Connecticut. They'll beat Missouri. Um, they'll beat Vanderbilt. Um, I mean, I think the key game, because I don't like their chances against Alabama or Georgia. I don't like the matchup. I think the key is going to be in games like, you know, AM, Kentucky, which I think they'll win. 10 and 2 is likely where this team is headed. Um, and it remind me a little bit of a Penn State. They'll be 10-2 and two like Penn State was last year, but not competitive against Michigan and Ohio State. We'll see if Tennessee can be competitive against Georgia and Alabama. But I like the start. Oklahoma was only Arkansas State. We're going to see if this team has a new defensive identity going forward. But Jones's Arkansas State team is not very good. The offense looked good again. Oklahoma and Texas both headed to the SEC next year, in my opinion, are the clear favorites in the Big 12. Now, we'll see how this plays out. I felt it during the preseason, but we'll see. I do think that's going to be key. I think Kansas State's going to be a factor as well. That's kind of the the team to look out for. That's kind of the the Utah of the Big 12, if you will. I thought Purdue and Boston College struggled. 
versus lesser opponents, although Fresno State and Northern Illinois are not awful programs at all. Iowa's offense did some things better, but far from good enough yet. The West is going to take some time. Washington, explosive on offense. When I watch them, they could be this year's TCU. If there is a team that gets in that doesn't look like they fit but could find a way to win enough and get in, it could be Washington. They can score. They are deep and explosive at receiver. Michael Penix is outstanding. The problem is, I think, that the Pac-12 is really good top to bottom. While there's not a an elite team, there's a lot of good. A lot of good teams. I mean, there's no, no real breaks on that schedule. I mean, you, you're going to have a hard time navigating – through that. Washington, it's got Tulsa. Then they go to Michigan State. Then Cal. Then Arizona. I expect them to be 5-0 and on October 14th when they host against Oregon. That's, that's a tough game there. I think they beat Arizona State, Stanford. Then they go to USC November 4th. Utah the 11th. At Oregon State, it's not easy. Washington State. So there's in my opinion, four and maybe even a fifth game against Washington State, that's pretty challenging. They'll have greater challenges than TCU had last year. So I don't know that they make it like TCU did. And I also think that with Oregon, with USC, it's going to be tough to win that league. Washington's really good. Ohio State's offense looked very sluggish. Um, they figured it out. I'm wondering. I'm not making a definitive statement. I haven't made a, a had an opinion yet, but I'm wondering if the promotion of Brian Hartline to coordinator, which was done to keep the best recruiter in college football, Brian Hartline is if you don't know, is the best recruiter, assistant coach in the country. And I think the promotion of him as offense coordinator, probably a little too soon. I don't know that he's ready for that. I wonder if that's going to hurt them. And I wonder, you know, Ryan's going to have to step in and, and we'll see. We'll see how physical this team can be as the year goes along, they, they got it done. I think they'll be fine, but for Ohio state, it's all about winning all the games, including against Michigan and then getting into the playoffs and winning there. So the standards again, very, very high Texas pass protection was not good enough against rice. They're going to need to be better against Bama. Got it done going to be a ton of fun next week as they play Bama. Wisconsin took a while for the offense to get going versus Buffalo. It's going to be a fun watch to see how Phil Longo's offense develops. Tell you, 
it was only UMass, and we saw UMass against Connecticut um, look a lot better, much improved. Auburn took them apart, and Auburn's offense, look, they look pretty good. Auburn won't be the pushover that people think. I'm not saying they're going to win a ton of games. They're going to be 3-0. and um, Don't rule them out going to A&M and giving the Aggies all they want. Against Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I mean, I, look, they've got three wins, then definitely a fourth against Fandy, a fifth against New Mexico State. So they've got five wins. This team's going to a bowl game. They're going to a bowl game because they've got the schedule to do it. They're 3-0 and out of the gate. They're going to beat Vanderbilt. That's the fourth win. They're going to beat New Mexico State a fifth win. Alabama, Arkansas, Ole Miss, LSU, Georgia, A&M. I don't like their chances against Georgia. Don't like their chances against Bama. But I can tell you, I think they've got a great chance to beat Mississippi State at home. That's their sixth win in my view. I would not rule out a seventh one against an Ole Miss. I, I, I wouldn't rule them out given Arkansas fits in Fayetteville. This team is going to go bowling, and that's a big step. Hugh is going to do a good job of recruiting. He's going to get that program back, and he can coach offense. South Carolina has got major problems on the offensive line. Look, I, anybody that's followed me knows me. I, I've never bought into the hype that is Shane Beamer. Good kid, like him, I like the energy, but his teams kind of reflect the emotional, you know, they're up, they're down type. They are not very good at the line of scrimmage. They could not stop the run of North Carolina. They could not pass protect. Um, they got Furman next week. They're going to get creamed by Georgia. Um, they're going to get hammered by Tennessee this year. Um, look, I think Furman is one win. I think um, Jacksonville State's second win. Vanderbilt's a third win. I mean, I I got to tell you, um, getting to bowl eligibility is going to be a challenge. I mean, they're not beating Georgia. I mean, I think that the other three would be Mississippi State, Florida, Missouri. They can win those three. I think they'll win six, and it's most likely those three. Um You know, there's a little bit of a no love loss between the two head coaches at Kentucky and South Carolina. Clemson's going to be tough. You know, A&M is doable, but that's on the road. This team has a long way to go at the line of scrimmage. The quarterback's not going to do anything that they can't protect. It was a concern I had going into the game. It's a bigger concern coming out of it. Penn State, their offense, not all that impressive versus West Virginia early. But they managed to get it going. You know, I think the key for Penn State, this I like this team. I think this team is talented. I think for James is, can they continue like they did last year to win all the games they're supposed to? 
which they got to go to Ohio State, and they got Michigan at home. Folks, there's not another game on their schedule that they should lose. Delaware at Illinois, Iowa at Northwestern, UMass. 6-0 and guaranteed going into Ohio State. No answer for buts about it. No excuses. Then you got Indiana, Maryland, winning a win. Then you finish up with Rutgers and Michigan State, winning a win. It's a two-game season. It's win all those other games. And be competitive at Ohio State if you don't win it. Be Definitely be competitive against Michigan. I'm assuming that's going to be a wideout. But I saw some positives. Drew Aller, I think, has got some ability. I love the backs. Alabama did what they needed to do. Milrow looked very impressive as a passer. I thought he made good decisions. Look, they dominated the opponent. They dominated the line of scrimmage. I like the fact that they're going to lean on the offense and the running game to clean things up. We're going to learn a lot more next week at home against Texas. I expect that they're going to play better. I think they're more physical. I think they'll take care of business against Texas. But that's where we're going to learn a lot. What do they do? Were you surprised if they pay Tyler Buckner number two? It's clear that they wanted, they feel like Tyler's the better number two. There's no question that Ty Simpson is the future. Tyler Buckner is not. I think they want a guy that can run the offense in a mop-up role, certainly come in, more importantly, if Milrow gets injured and run the offense. But this is going to be about the offense, that is, pounding the football and running play action and having some dual threat capabilities with the quarterback. That's what the offense is going to be about, and it's going to allow their defense to play better. They dominated like they should against Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee is not awful. They're not good, but they're not awful. I mean, it's, it's a team, of course, that had success last year against Miami. Not the same team, but, you know, Alabama did what they needed to do, dominate. I think for Alabama, they're in great shape. Beat Texas, and I really don't see a team. I mean, A&M plays them tough, and they you got to go to College Station. Um, I, I think they'll play a different game against Tennessee this year. They'll – dominate Tennessee at the line of scrimmage. I know they're not going to chase points. They are not built that way. They get LSU at home, Kentucky on the road, UT Chattanooga at Auburn. I, I think Alabama's in pretty good shape. I think 12-0 and 0 is probable. Um, but, you know, in all their years, they've, they seemingly have dropped a game. So it's very possible that they drop one. And I think that that could, of course, make a difference between winning the West or falling short again. But I think this team's going to be pretty good. Uh, well, they always are good. I think this team's going to be really, uh, really good and and make a rebound. Some kind of some overreaching thoughts. I mean, I, I'm going to go. The game of the week is probably Colorado TCU. Um, it was huge. Shadura Sanders, probably the offensive player of the week. I play of the week is probably Travis Hunter. Um just incredible. 
um, you know, the in the freshman back too is explosive. Just incredible. I thought he I think, again, three players that can play with anybody. How about Wyoming, Texas Tech? Two overtimes. Tech had a 17-0 lead in the first quarter. Wyoming, a 13-point home underdog, fought back, 20-point rally. They missed three field goals, uh, did Texas Tech, but they got a 27-yarder in the final minute to force overtime. After both teams scored in the first overtime, Tech got an impressive 15-yard touchdown from Deron Bradley, but couldn't come up with a mandatory two-point conversion. Tough loss for Tech. This Tech team has a chance to be really good. That's a tough loss for them. Week one, um, Texas State was a 27-and-a-half-point road underdog at Baylor in the first game. Um, T.J. Finley, the former Auburn LSU transfer, no fear against the Bears. They beat Baylor 42-31, and it was an ugly loss for Dave Aranda. Um, Kenny's a... 34-year-old coach, came from Incarnate Word. Big win for them. Another upset, Northern Illinois, 27-24 overtime road win at BC. The second time in three years, Northern Illinois began their season with a win over an ACC school. Um, Rocky Lombardi, the former Michigan State quarterback, Illinois quarterback, um, I, I would say if it wasn't Travis Hunter or, or Sudur Sanders, Michael Penix maybe had the most explosive uh, weekend. Uh, Caleb Williams, let's not forget, had a, had a great um, uh, weekend as well, first couple of weeks. Um, Iowa, um, face a Utah State team. Lost his defensive coordinator to the NFL. 18 defenders to the portal. 10 starters. So, um, I thought Iowa would get more than 24 points in this game. They didn't. Um, (laughs) You know the weird, ridiculous, you know, stipulation in the contract. Iowa's got to win six more games and average 25.1 points per game the rest of the year for Brian Ferns to keep his job. Um, just an impressive uh, impressive weekend around uh, college football. Um, I am excited about next week. Um, you know, a couple of things, too. Um as I kind of look and I see some of the statement wins, um, I look at kind of how some of these first games spill over into week two and week three. What I try to look at is just how much better do they get? Because I think you start to settle in as a team. Sometimes you, again, you get worse, but, but a lot of times you get better or you should get better. So, again, don't overreact. I thought it was a good win by Houston, by the way. Um, they had um, it, they dressed up like the Houston Oilers, by the way, but that was a good win, 17-14 to 14 over Texas San Antonio for two reasons. 
holding Texas San Antonio down, winning a low-scoring game was very unlike Easton and Dana Hargelson. So really interesting weekend. Got a big weekend next week. We're going to break it all down for you at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you check it out today. Um, great opportunity to get involved with LandryFootball.com. We break down the college game, the pro game, uh, from soup to nuts, from a playing, coaching, scouting, front office perspective, college, NFL. We got it covered for you. So big week next weekend. We got that led by Alabama, Texas, but a lot of other games we're going to be previewing, breaking it down for you, and certainly getting you ready for the start of the NFL season. So try out LandryFootball.com for a month. It's less than $10 a month. Um, get a better deal if you try it out for six months. Get it for the football season. Uh, the best deal, of course, is the football season sale. What will get you 12 months? It'll get you not only the football season, but it'll take you through the scouting season. LandryFootball.com is where you want to be uh, here at um, during this football season. So make sure you've got that as your companion. Subscribe, like, and share for free the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Always great to be with you. Uh, reminder real quick. Talk a little bit about LSU Florida State. A couple of things to keep in mind. Um, LSU last year, tons of mistakes on special teams. I think that's going to be cleared up. Um, I think the LSU's offense has the pieces to be pretty good. Um, I think the the depth at running back is going to be a factor. Um, Josh Williams, Noah Kane, uh, Logan Diggs. Look out for those backs. They can't have Jaden Daniels be the main runner in this matchup. I think LSU's defensive line will still be very good, very formidable. It's going to be a good line of scrimmage game. Then I think the other thing to watch for is LSU's secondary, trying to defend Johnny Wilson of Florida State. That's going to be very difficult. You're going to have to bring pressure. You're going to have to keep Jordan Travis hemmed up. You can't allow him escape lanes. Uh, just like Florida State can't allow Jaden Daniels escape lanes. Two good quarterbacks. Um, some playmakers on offense. Some really good defensive front players on both teams. How well the secondary plays, how well the running back plays will likely have a lot to do with it, as well as how clean of a game do you play in the first week? Mistakes, turnovers, special teams and mistakes. Again, cost LSU last year. It's going to be the difference this year. I think a clean game, <clears throat> the better team, which is LSU, wins. Um, a game in which you make some mistakes, which you remember that was Brian Kelly's first game. A lot of mistakes made last year. Um, I think that's going to be a difference, and there's a potential here. If it's a decisive win, I think it's going to be a close game. But if it's a decisive 10, 14, 17-point victory or more, I think it's LSU. LSU's the team that is capable of controlling this game and win going away um, more than Florida State is. But it's not just about how good – it's not about how good you are. It's about how well you play. And to me, it's going to be, for LSU, the challenge is, do you clean things up? Because LSU's schedule has only two teams on it that are as good as they are personnel-wise. I, 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 
that's Florida State, Alabama. I, I would say that A&M has as much talent as Florida State. So I would say three. I think winning in Tuscaloosa is going to be tough. I think winning this game against Florida State and just taking care of business against the teams that you're better than, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Missouri, Auburn, you know, certainly Army and Grambling, Florida, Georgia State. It's, it's to me, it's a three-game season. It's Florida State. You get this one, then it's to me, it's Alabama, and it's A&M. But the season will probably be defined by how clean of a game that you play, and you don't have those, you know, the, the mistakes that cost them the Tennessee game. I mean, or cost them a chance to even be competitive against Tennessee because Tennessee dominated. That can't happen. Florida State, on the other hand, is in a situation where they have, I think, other than Clemson on September 23rd. Now, there's some landmines. I mean, you know, Miami and Duke and Wake and, you know, Pitt. And it's not a gimme. But other than Clemson, LSU is the only team that has better personnel than Florida State, LSU and Clemson. So big game for both teams. But can Florida State, even though the schedule is weaker, can they navigate the ACC more than LSU can? If you look at the importance of the game for Florida State, they probably can't afford to lose this game and still make the playoffs. I mean, if they're 11-1 and and they beat Clemson, they probably could get it. They probably will get edged out by somebody else <clears throat> that will have 11 and one record. That's just going to have a better resume than Florida state. LSU, if they lose this game has a tougher path. So the likelihood of, okay, we're going to absolutely beat Alabama and, you know, beat NM and win the sec championship game. That's against Georgia. That's unlikely to happen. So the chances are not that good that they would make it, but LSU at least have a chance. The path will be there because if they do beat Alabama, if they do beat Georgia and they do win the rest of their games, LSU is definitely in. So it's a, to me, a huge game for both because I don't think that LSU is capable of running the table the rest of the way. I think Florida State is, but if they run the table, they still might not get in at 11 and 1. So they've got to win this. And if they win the rest, they're 12 and 0. I think that's what Florida State has to be in. So that's how I see it. An important game, two good teams, not only the best game of the weekend. Maybe one of the better games or better matchups. I don't know how good of a game it's going to be, but it's one of the better matchups in terms of importance. And we get it on the first weekend of college football. Again, we'll break it down all for you at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the scouting season offer. 
subscribe, like, and share for free the Landry Football Podcast Network. We'll be here to break it all down for you all week, all year long. We'll talk to you again next time, everybody.